Hi, this is Don Shireen, and this is my podcast, Dancing with Bipolar. So, this is a little weird for me because this is like the first show I've done inside, uh, like intentionally in forever, 18 months at least. Um, so, I mean, there's still distraction. There's a dog barking outside, and I'm like, because I'm still not used to, like, having a place to be, so I'm still sketched when I'm inside a little bit, like, just, I don't know, I don't know, this, like, re-submission, re-submersion back into having a house or a place to be is, um, it's a lot harder than, um, well, actually, nobody tells you anything, so, right, so you don't know that there's gonna be a, process to, um, coming out of homelessness and then coming out of, um, like a lot of control over my life. Um, you know, and it's kind of funny cause it's, it's, it's kind of like that whole, um, you know, boiling the frog in water scenario, which is just gross. Cause I don't know why you would boil a frog anyway, but, um, we're like, you don't, you don't realize that you're in, well, you know, you're in the pot and you just think, you know, the water's comfortable and you don't actually realize that it's, you're, you're dying <laughs> before it's too late to do anything to reverse it. Um, so I think I might've dodged a bullet here, although 18, cause I did the math. It was actually 18 months that I was there. It's a really long time to just kind of sit in limbo and, think that you know the best it's it's the best you can do because that's what you've been told and because I came I came into that situation in such a fractured state of mind that I I'm lucky I'm lucky I knew how to put my socks on I mean seriously and you know coming coming from a a lockdown inpatient psych ward to a homeless shelter where the first thing that happens the day after I get in there is that I get thrown out at like nine o'clock in the morning in a city where I don't know anybody. I, I, I have, I actually, I had money. Um, yeah, that was one good thing. I actually did have money. So I spent my first couple days navigating Flagstaff, um, in like beauty parlors and Walmart. Cause I was absolutely terrified and they didn't have enough sense to realize that maybe not everybody that was in this place, this homeless shelter DV quote unquote safe house, which obviously not a safe house because if it had been a safe house, they would have not made me leave after what I had just come through. Um, anyway, I don't know what, I'm going to be honest here. Like, I'm just going to talk straight because it's been a long time since I've felt like if I had the freedom to actually speak my piece and just, um, be me for a while. Yeah. I kind of feel like I got slam dunked into a situation because of what happened in Lakeside. And then not, had I known, had I known, I probably still would have done it. Cause I knew I could have jacked it kind of like what I did anyway. But, um, had I known it was going to be so, 
I want to say tyrannical, but I don't know if that's actually the word because it's such a, it's, it's, it's like submissive tyranny. Like, you know that you're slowly giving away your rights and you know that little by little you're, you're losing your own thought processes and it's becoming routine, which they love, right? Look at any kind of training, uh, facility, they love routine. So it's, you know, it's fraught with routine, which absolutely kills individuality. And then it's, it's not based on a reward system. No, no. It's based on a system of knowing you're going to screw up. So you better be prepared for the time you get the third write up, which could, you know, and, and remarkably, I still boggles my mind. I never got a write up. I it it I I mean I almost I almost got in a lot of trouble at the end, but I it didn't happen. There's nothing on paper. I've signed nothing, and there's nothing on paper, so it didn't happen. Therefore, right? So I was listening to this thing by Deepak Chopra yesterday on I don't know actually what it was supposed to be on existence, I guess, and. It goes back into something of the fact that, like, what I just said two seconds ago is a dream. And now, dream, right? It's like, it's, it's just kind of a weird concept to try to wrap your head around that. Everything is ethereal. And what what you think is now is nothing because, see, you can't keep up with it. It's too quick. It's just like, anyway, it's just, it, it's just, a, it's just a theory. So... So I made the best of the situation because, first of all, after having come out of what I did from Lakeside, then being in the lock ward for almost a month, and then being released to a homeless shelter, which is going to make me homeless again, and they gave us three months at that time, yeah, now they give them a month, it's like, damn, you better pull your shit together fast, because you're just going from homeless to homeless, with no, no safety net whatsoever, but when I got there, and I knew... I, I deep down in the back of my head knew, like, I could not figure out this move from Lakeside to Flagstaff in three months and try to figure out how to find housing when it's super expensive here. Um, Lakeside wasn't cheap, but, uh, it, you know, there's differences. But, yeah, it's expensive in Flagstaff. And to just be, like, dropped here out of what I came through, out of, from a homeless shelter, no, from a locked ward where I literally was in there for psychosis, then it'd be dropped here with not a clue as to what is going on. And then, and then to be coming into this situation after having believed that I was the stigmata for a period of time and then being dropped into this religious, um, facility, it's, 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 it's not like, it's not like a comment. It's definitely not like a seminary, but it's a, there's a, an, a massive religious component to this place that if you're not smart, will just suck you in. And because I was, didn't know, I didn't, I didn't, I really legitimately didn't have a choice at that time. I was like, I had to be somewhere and I needed, so I, I chose it. And then I thought the discipleship program would actually be really good for me. Because I'm thinking, you know, while I'm there, like, well, I might as well just use this opportunity to do what I've wanted to do for a really long time, which is just kind of like jump into the Bible and like, you know, figure some shit out. 
Well, I didn't realize that the first part of my discipleship was going to be under uh, a, a Hitler-esque person who was just absolutely cruel. Um, I, 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 I'm still to this day trying to figure out how she got hired in a quote-unquote Christian establishment when all she wanted to do was create a prison concentration camp you know, uh, atmosphere around the discipleship program. I still, I still, I still don't understand how that happened. And the way that she would just tear people down and then pick favorites and play games and just mind fuck all the time. And then she had her little padre that is still in there who, you know, just recently became the, uh, leadership coordinator of the discipleship program or some bullshit title, which means absolutely nothing to anybody outside of the organization. Um, but yeah, so those two were like tag teaming me at one point to just break me. And obviously that didn't work. They, they pretty much tried everything as far as I'm concerned to, I think they're, I think what the tactics were was to make me need them more while they tore me down. Well, I've been in the military and I did basic training and I get the tear you down to build you back up shit. Uh, this isn't exactly what they were doing. They were more like tear you down to tear you down to make you take a class to totally devastate you and tear you down. And then, and then tell you that if you give it all to God, everything will be all better. I don't need to be torn down to be told to give it to God to make it better right? Why go through all the tearing down part of it when you could just be like, give it to God and it'll be better. And it's like, cool. We just skipped 20 weeks of hell. Um, but there's something to that, keeping you in that mentality of never fully being healed. Right. And they're famous for using the onion analogy. I mean, oh, it's just like peeling an onion and an onion and an onion. Well, eventually, you know what? An onion does unpeel all the way. Shocking, right? It eventually gets all gone. So if they're trying to say that all my pain is like peeling an onion, then for the amount of pain that I peeled off, there should be no onion left, right? So why do we keep creating new onion skin that I have to keep pulling off to reveal this new version of myself that they they wanted to be created that I didn't really buy into so much. I mean, I bought into some of it, you know, I did. And it's not to say that I don't believe in God or, you know, or, or parts of the Bible or history, you know, um, but to say that I believe in the process of of how they were going about creating disciples, um, I have a massive problem with that. And the fact that they, um, oh my gosh, and this is that certain members of the staff were extremely ignorant about anything having to do with mental health at all. Although they thought they knew it all, right? Because they knew somebody who knew somebody that had this at sometime in like the 18th century. So therefore they were an expert on A, B, C, D, E, F, G, anything, you name it. They're an expert on it because they, they know because they, they, they're just so fucking smart. 
I think some of those interactions with people um, asking me why, I, why you know, lurping on my Facebook page and then asking me why I wanted to be associated with Dancing with Bipolar when at some point in the future it could um, turn my future husband away from me. <laughs> like, uh, okay, yeah. Well, first of all, if my future husband is lurping on my page and doesn't actually already know that my podcast and like my franchise is called Dancing with Bipolar, then what? What? Why? <laughs> what is he doing there? Like the same thing you are daring there, looking to find a fight. Well, she didn't get her fight, but she's an ignorant, ignorant, ignorant person, and it's kind of funny because like a couple weeks after that, the country that she's from, um. I ranked number 10 in their country where there is nobody with bipolar in her country because they're just so perfect. Anyway, fuck her. Um, and then, you know, the one who was, um, the one who was in a coven at one point in time and then miraculously was saved by Jesus, although she was the one who was hanging around with the Hitler-esque um, discipleship leader. So, yeah, there's, you know, and, and because, you know, I hate to say it, but I, unless you've been like absolutely deprogrammed or, um, or I just had your memories stripped from you, I think that any kind of abuse, and if she claimed abuse because of all her satanic bullshit that she did and put on people, um, I still think there's remnants of it. And I don't care how much you heal that, uh, you know, if, if God took everything from her, then she wouldn't have been such a bitch. So I don't think that happened. You know, and then there's the fake ex-roommate, and then the other fake ex-roommate, and then the other fake, fake ex-roommate, and then, you know, all that bullshit. And then at the end, I just was like, fuck it. <clears throat> I don't care how I get out of here. I had a tent. I had everything set up, you know. And then I graduated, and then they were like, oh, but we can't let you go yet because, oh, free labor isn't really free because we have to keep you here, though we hate you, and you fucking can't stand us. But there's a mutual need here, and I was like, what? I don't fucking need you. And two days later, I moved into my own place, long story short, with a lot of help from, of course, Catholic Charities and um, God. You know, I'm pretty sure God had some pull in that, seeing that I was about ready to just... Um, things are... I, I was still going to... Things were not going to, things were on a paperwork level, things were looking like they could go pretty bad for me. And I got ahead of it. But I was so desperate to get out of there that, yeah, if I was doing shit that was against the quote unquote law of the house, although, although, truthfully, I don't remember seeing what I was doing actually addressed in the law. And therefore, but. Yeah, and that's how it got. It's like, you know, when you're at your end of your rope on something and they 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 put this assumption on you that they are more important than you are to yourself. Then you got a problem. And they kept flipping that, you know, and then they would do stupid shit like um you know, the day of change your schedule, you know, just totally disrespectful things to a person. But because, you know, we, because we got to stay there for free. Well, everybody gets to stay there for free. It didn't matter if you were a disciple or not. You still got to stay there for free. They want to guilt you out. Like, 
yeah, we all chose that we want to live here because this is like the coolest spot in town. And, you know, we're just all going to play homeless because we want to live here and eat all this bomb starch that, you know, you guys get for free. Um, you know, so make us feel guilty and, and, and make us feel like children and, um, you know, motivate us in that way to want to do better because, fuck, you can really not do any worse than Hope Cottage, right? So, um, <coughs> you know, and, and <coughs> in a way that's true and in a way that's not true, but for me, <coughs> Hope Cottage became a freaking prison and I, I just couldn't, I just couldn't do it anymore. I literally couldn't do it anymore. Um, and everything just kind of worked out for me. So like today was just a weird day because it was like the first day that I've been in this trailer, my house, my place, my, my refuge legitimately away from chaos and just all kinds of negative energy and, you know, bad stuff. And today's the first day that I like literally, did I step outside the door? I didn't, I didn't even step outside the door today. I'm not even sure I unlatched it from yesterday and it was weird all day because all day I had this urgency that I needed to go do something and like I had food and I had coffee and I have entertainment and you know I have really sore feet because I've been walking a lot lately and um you know and I just stayed in and it was just it was just such a weird feeling and it was like I felt guilty for not for not being on the same crazy schedule I was on when I was there, you know, and even on the weekends, it was still like, it was just, you know, you could, okay, so every, every day out at nine, back at four, right, like, we have a job, so our job was to be homeless, but not to be homeless, right, because we were from Hope Cottage, so Hope Cottage Disciples, so we had to act a special certain way, and present a certain way, even though, during the time that we were homeless, it was really hard to present in this other way because you're outside on the street and you're not in a building where your uh, special quote unquote special privileges, which just meant more chores. Um, but today was the first day that I actually just kind of laid back, like literally laid back and watched way too much YouTube and, you know, got a, a data warning on my phone and all like, yay. Um, and all that stuff, and it's just kind of like, oh, shit, I forgot about this, because, you know, before I got to hear all this stuff in Lakeside, man, I was hypervigilant for years, so, like, this is, like, one of the weirdest experiences of just not, of just not, like, legitimately, um, and, yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's Mental Health Awareness Month, right, yeah, I remembered, and, um, it, it's, although I think it should be mental health awareness day every day of the year. So this, whatever, we're green, celebrate, you know, let people know that you are part of the posse and that, you know, you don't take no shit and that you don't lie and that you don't fake out your diagnoses and that you don't, um, you don't do more than you say you can and you don't do less than you can do. And, um, you know, and that you're going to represent what it means to have a mental health diagnosis really well so that people are like, what? You could be. That can't be possible because you don't act, blah, blah, blah. 
and there's your there's your moment to educate. So, right, it's that easy. It really is. I mean, I've got the big tattoo with the suicide thing on it, so that um, this this semicolon. Wow, um, to you know, spark conversations or have some conversations be sparked because you know it's kind of hard not to see it because it's not just a tiny tattoo. Um, but this is the perfect month to make people aware of the fact that all their old thoughts and beliefs and Hollywood ideologies on what it is to have a mental health diagnosis are all wrong. And you are the person that was placed in front of them to correct them in a loving and kind way with respect. So how about that? All right, well, I rambled on for a minute here. Um... I don't even know what I started to talk about, but anyway, this is kind of where it wound up at, and, um, yeah, so Mental Health Awareness Month, so watch your diet, watch your sleep, exercise, seriously, even if it's just chair dancing, or, you know, chair dancing is cool, man, chair dancing, you could get some sweat going on a chair dance, so, you know, just do something, just move, go outside, sit on your porch, you know, watch your dog go outside, hold the leash, you know, I mean, run, dance, you know, join a fitness challenge, um, take yourself out of your comfort zone, yet don't make yourself uncomfortable, okay, um, but just show people that this diagnosis that they think that you fall into, they're wrong, you just got it so that they can bill your insurance company, that's it, that's all it is, just a number, right? Right, 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 right. That's what it is. It's just a state of mind, and you can go one way or the other, but I'm telling you guys, pull it together, man. Pull it, pull it up. Look at people straight in the eyes and be like, yeah, what do you got to say about that, man? Because I got my shit together. What about you? And, um, yeah, that could be some projection from what I just talked about, actually. <laughs> yeah, um, so anyway, that's a little bit about where I'm at, and, um... That's actually funny. That's actually funny. But see, I'm starting to come back. I feel like I'm really starting to come back. And the more I talk about what happened to me and um, get it recorded so that if I ever want to do anything else with it, I will not have lost the exuberance about the pat or the passion about how what happened to me and you know how how mental illness led to homelessness led to um, a really bad indentured servitude situation is the only way that I can put it with a little bit of education and a whole lot of trauma but I'm not there anymore and I'm feeling better and yeah anyway I know there's something else I want to say but I don't know (coughs) what it is right now and I can do an addendum show because I don't care about the numbers right now um oh yeah dancingwithbipolar.com dancingwithbipolar.yahoo.com Dot com if you want to hit me up. Um, Instagram is Dance With Bipolar. If you can, just find the show and follow it on Spotify. Um, you know. And I just really feel like there's something else I'm forgetting to say. And I just... I don't know. I love y'all. Y'all rock. Without you, there would be no show. You all know that, right? You are the show. There'd be no Dancing with Bipolar without you guys, because, man, it'd be super boring without you guys on the other side of this, so. (laughs) Anyway, I think that's it for now. I love y'all. I really do. Each and every one of you. And, uh, 
So this is Don Shreen. This is my podcast, Anthony Bipolar. And hey, let's all stay alive, okay? Later!